Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. I was watching my kids uh, on the trampoline over summer and thinking, hmm, they're pretty good. But at what point does bouncing around with each other at the beach become something more competitive? I understand it started very early for you. Yeah, man, those are the days they um, take me back to just jumping jumping on a trampoline at home. Um, <laughs> yeah, started started pretty young. Yeah, she's a bit more serious now. Uh, yeah, it started really young down in Tiano. Um just sort of followed my my brother and sister into it when I was about five. Yeah. Um, I mean, a lot's happened since then, but that's uh, that's where it all started. Yeah, and and I mean, it's a, still a sport that we're learning about as New Zealanders. But I imagine back then it was even more sort of, I guess, obscure as a competitive sport. Yeah. Well, I guess back then, um, yeah, as a competitive sport, you know, it was I guess more of a recreational thing for me. Um, I was a really, really active kid, loved sport, loved doing new things. So it just popped up and, you know, there were little competitions getting, you know, ribbons, standing on um, standing on chairs as podiums and that. So pretty, pretty <laughs> key. Um, and obviously, yeah, as the years went on, you know, I guess trampolining sort of evolved in New Zealand. We had a really good community sort of when I was younger. And, um, you know, then you, then you start going to yes, your North Island champs, South Island champs and national champs and all that. And obviously, they take that overseas as well. So, yeah, it's um still. I mean, even now, it's still a pretty small sport in yeah. New Zealand, uh, but it, but still a great community. Totally. You were moving around quite a bit, by the looks of things. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, moved moved from Tiana up to Waihee uh, when I was about six or seven, uh, and then obviously tramp clubs were not very um, common in, in small towns. So, yeah, that was when we sort of. Started training in Auckland at Extreme Trampoline. Uh, my brother had sort of made the world's team, and my sister was not far off. And mum and dad were uh, well. We'll let them carry on. So yeah, mum got drew the short straw and got to drive us up to Auckland all the time. So. <laughs> yeah, well, that's uh, what two and a half hours, something like that, to uh, Waihee from yeah, Auckland. Yeah, that was before the uh, that like Southern Motorway sort of with that that intersection. What's called? Yeah. Yeah. Like that sort of turn off from the yes yeah, one to the southwestern was 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 built, so we had to get off the motorway and back on the motorway. Oh. Um, so yeah, definitely took took over over two hours. Yeah, and um, was mum mum and dad competitive? Like, were they into sport? Um, yeah, I think not necessarily sort of on teams or anything, but yes, yeah, really really active into their sport. Um, dad dad was a bit of a runner and and that sort of thing. And mum played volleyball and, and other things through through school, but nothing sort of international. Well, not that they've told me anyway. Yeah, okay. So, actually, from a young age, you were doing really well, and it sounds like your brother and sister were too, so a pretty formidable team. But um, tell me about the first age group championship in 2009. Yeah, that was, that was cool, obviously. I was sort of qualifying for world champs before I was able to go because I was just too young. Uh, so 2009, I must have been 12 um, or 11 or something, and yeah, qualified, and yeah, obviously did really, really well. Uh, managed to take the win, and that sort of 
yeah, that, that moment, I guess, was, was really where my Olympic dream was sort of born, my coach at the time. Um, I guess she sort of saw a bit of potential in me to become the first New Zealander to, to go to the Olympics and was pretty cre- pretty keen to create a, an Olympic program in New Zealand, not just for me, but for everyone, you know, to co- try and, I guess, get us up to the level of, of the rest of the world. Yeah, and I think so, there's a video of you yeah. actually saying that. Um, this was maybe after you competed in the Junior Worlds. You, you talk to the camera and you say yep. you want to be the first trampoliner from New Zealand to compete in the Olympics. Did that end up coming true? Yeah, it did. So it's pretty crazy to look back at a little 12-year-old Dylan with a very, very high-pitched voice. I think I was on the Aaron Simpson show or something. And yeah, saying that, I mean, it's just kind of crazy. Kind of crazy to think that it's all sort of come true. Yeah. Did you, um, did, you know. did you overtake your brother and sister at some point? Yeah. Yeah, managed to sort of overtake them, um, I guess, yeah, in that sort of period of time. Oh, man. And you were the younger brother, right? Oh, I feel for them. Nothing worse than your younger sibling getting better at you than something. Um, okay, so so at some point in your teens, your parents must be like, okay, if we're going to do this, something's going to need to change. Is that when sort of boarding school came up? Yeah, so post-2009, obviously it was getting pretty hard to, like obviously the, the travel and stuff, the training was, it's a long way to go just to train and then drive all the way home, home again. Um and I had some some really good friends that were on their way to King's or going to King's College who did trampolining as well. And, and they just kind of said, look, mate, just you got to come. Like, we were good mates. He's like, oh, you got to come to King's. And I was like, yeah, well, you know, lucky for some, but we can't really afford it. Yeah. Um, so sort of wrote in, wrote a letter in. I think I must, must have just turned 13, wrote a letter, uh, got a thanks for your letter, but sorry, you know, where there's no spaces available. Um, I think fortunately... Maybe had some people um, say say the right things and wrote another letter and and yeah that's all all sort of what she wrote and got in Gosh. and then academically was doing okay was getting good results on the tramp and they sort of kept me on for the like my last four years of high school so that was awesome and oh then, that's game changer in terms of, yeah game changer in terms of like being able to train I was a lot closer to the gym I was in Auckland um, that's sort of I guess yeah kind of where my trampolining I guess took it to the next level yeah what does the training look like back then now well yeah has what, it changed what are we talking um i mean yeah it's, it's sort of evolved i guess back then it was very much you know got to put the numbers in got to grind i was young so i was fit and well i'm still fit but i was young and i guess indestructible uh <laughs> kind of able to bounce back pretty quick um less so now but yeah i mean i was i was able to train in the mornings before school i was able to sort of like train during the day sometimes and then train in the evenings like get off um you know prep time and that sort of thing all those things all those cool boarding school stuff that i got to i got to miss out on which was which was nice um two hours in your room doing doing study i was i was at training so yeah it was um yeah man it's such a long time ago such a crazy crazy experience i loved it i made some really really good friends at boarding school um and yeah it was it was a cool time to be training you know i was just just enjoying it and um, just enjoying getting better and enjoying competing and, yeah. and travelling as well. And you were happy with that, uh, playing such a big part in your life? I mean, I guess you're a teenager, so there's kind of social life and other things to worry about as well. But you were you were happy with that commitment to trampolining and still had your eye on the prize of going to the Olympics? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, because obviously um, I graduated in 2014, so a couple of years before I, I went to Rio. Um, yeah, I mean, I still you know, had a social life. I'm not going to say I didn't. I definitely missed out on 
on a lot of things and when would say no to things and as I got older I definitely think I got better at sort of managing all right well I actually need to need to say yes to a couple of things yeah. otherwise my mates aren't going to do anything anymore <laughs> um but yeah like I I guess at the time you know looking back I don't I don't I, I was just enjoying it so much I got to travel um uh, that's awesome I was sort of making a name for myself yeah. uh I guess in the New Zealand sporting community like overseas you know competing and stuff and you know pushing yourself and I guess competing against the best in the world is sort of what drives me so yeah yeah I mean I I wouldn't change it for the world, and I still still love it, and yeah, it's it's set me up for a pretty good life. And I've got I'm a, pretty grateful for. It. Yeah, I've got a name here called Angie Dougal. Who's that, and what part did yep. she play? Yeah, so she was, I guess, my first. Well, not my first coach, but my my main childhood coach. So she coached me from when I moved up. When we started training in Auckland, she was the coach, mm. and yeah, she's the one that I guess instilled the Olympic dream after the two thousand and nine Worlds and. And she coached me up until I was about 16. Um, had a young family, sort of, you know, made the hard decision to to basically say that she needs to take some time away and, and, and raise her family and she can't commit as much time to travel. Um, you know, going to the Olympics is is pretty tough. And yeah. the coach sort of has, has to be there. And so she stepped back and someone else came in and, and started coaching for about seven years. So went to Olympics with him uh, in Rio. And then, yeah, about six months before Tokyo, I decided that I needed a new coach. It wasn't working, and um, Angie sort of came back, and and we've, we're oh. still together, and we went to Tokyo together, and, wow. and World Champs last year. So it's kind of nice to go full circle. And her kids are obviously a bit older, um, and yeah, we're able to kind of. She was still a part of my my life and stuff like that, but not in a coaching or yeah sport sporting capacity. She was more just. Um, uh, I guess as as a family, we've like we're close. My mum, mum's close. Mum and dad are close with the family, and she's she sort of looked after us when we were younger. Like, would my brother and sister would stay at her house, you know, overnight to to train and that sort of thing. So, um, yeah, still pretty close. But yeah, pretty cool to have you back in the in the team. And yeah, um, yeah, things are working. Things are working really well. And and people, I mean, there's all sorts of people volunteering in sports in New Zealand, and their names don't become famous. But like, without them, there is no kind of infrastructure for, for people to have the opportunity to compete at this level, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, she's, um, yeah Angie and her husband, Justin, had, had a club, um, which was Extreme Trampoline, which isn't a thing now, but, you know, have been huge parts uh, of, of, like, the history of trampolining, I guess, and, and yeah, kind of creating that high-performance-ish or, you know, more, trying to build New Zealand up to the rest of the world. They, they played a huge part, part of that um, in New Zealand trampoline. I'm talking to Dylan Schmidt, New Zealand champion trampolina, trampolinist, sorry. Trampolinist, Dylan? Trampolinist, yep, that's yeah, that's the one. Thank you. Don't call me, don't call me a gymnast. <laughs> what, is that, does that annoy you or does it annoy the gymnasts? Oh, it annoys me. <laughs> okay, cool, cool, cool. Trampolinists, and then it happens. You make it into the Olympic team for Rio 2016, and you're 19 years old. That must be a, feel like a huge deal. Yeah, that was crazy. It was such a when I look back, like left school twenty fourteen, went to Youth Olympics, won that. Like a few months later, went to my first World Champs. I think I came like fourteenth or I think I came fifteenth. You know, started getting some funding, um, and then cracked on twenty fifteen. Was like so close to making the top eight at Worlds, yeah. and unfortunately didn't. So I had to kind of qualify at the test event, 
um, and yeah, had had some injuries, had some setbacks. It was tough, um, and yeah, obviously qualified at the test event, came second, and and that was sort of yeah, I mean, history made, and just I guess my life goal uh, from from being twelve years old achieved. So pretty um pretty special moment. Amazing, yeah, and and probably a good time to ask you what actually involves how the how the format works at the Olympics. Mm. Format of qualifying? Uh, just actually, just, you know, when it's your turn, what do you get up and do? Yep. Well, it's changed a little bit since, so I guess, every every four years. They they try and reinvent the rules, and it's a little bit annoying. But, <laughs> yeah, so they have, they have changed since 2016. Um, but currently, we don't do our, like, set routine anymore. We don't do that easy one. So, yeah. like, what people would have seen in, in Tokyo, whereas I did, like, a my first routine was, was full of basics and stuff like that. We don't do that anymore. So the format now is basically prelims. You get two chances um, to hit, hit a voluntary, hit our big one. Um, the best one counts. And then if there's enough people, you go to semifinals. And then it's just one shot, one shot at semifinals. If you make it to top eight, then another shot um, in the final. And then that's, I guess, the big one is, is when you make top eight. And it's uh, only one shot, uh, only one chance again. So... But at the Olympics, there's only 16 of us, so it's straight into finals. So two routines, um, best one counts. If you make the top eight, you're in the final. And basically, at the Olympics, it's just walk out, walk in, compete finals, done all over in two hours. So <laughs> very, very different to World Champs, very different to the World Cups, where, you know, it's kind of spread out over a few days. Yeah. Um, Olympics is just like, yeah, it's all over in two and a half, two hours. It's, Crazy. So um, you're you're performing a routine that you have come up with and that you've been uh, practicing for no doubt several months. Yeah, it's I guess a little bit of a not a science, but you're trying to just figure out yeah the best combination of tricks that mm. um, work for you, um, which have good diff, good top, good execution, good flow. So I've spent the last few years really like fiddling around and playing with with different things and. Um, yeah, trying new things and trying different things, and then it's kind of like yeah, once once you, I guess six months out is probably where I, where I'll be locking in like the routine um, that I'm going to be doing. Uh, obviously, you know you've you've always got options and stuff like that, but yeah, yeah you you want to be pretty set on what you're doing um, early early on early out. Because I, I guess you don't want to make it too um, easy is the wrong word, but but you, you don't want to risk turning up and and finding that the other seven have are attempting more difficult things than you and that even if you make yours perfect you won't have a shot at the medals have i got that right yeah yeah exactly you know you sort of know what everyone's going to be doing more or less there's a few guys that are going to be pushing the diff um some guys dumping higher than everyone so i guess yeah we're working on a routine that's going to be good enough to win gold um and that's i guess yeah what what the what the goal is, obviously, and, and yeah, you, you need the routine that's capable of doing it. You can't expect to go in there and um, you know do a low diff, low toss routine and expect to win. So you've got to be um, kind of getting everything right and making sure you're putting yourself in a position where, where you're going to give it a good shot. Pushing the diff, that's pushing the difficulty. Difficulty, yeah. yeah. Difficulty, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, do you keep it secret what you're going to do until you get up there? Oh, not really. Eh? Like some, I, I think I guess I was trying at some points like because i was i guess i was pushing it a little bit trying to do new things and, and that and, and trying to figure out what was going to score the best and you, then you go oh yeah we won't post it won't post it but then i kind of got a bit over it and was like, i don't really care like if, if i can do it i can do it better than everyone else anyway that's, <laughs> awesome. that's sort of the idea so let's just um 
throw it out there and maybe other people will be trying to do it and, and mess up their plan. So I don't know. It's, yeah, I, I don't really worry about it too much. Like some coaches do like to keep it a secret, but um, at the end of the day, you've got to be competing it, in my opinion, before you go to Olympics anyway. Uh, you want to be doing it and making sure it's dialed in. So I'll be doing it. I'll be competing it, um, you know, the in, in the coming months before the games anyway. And right. to be honest, it's not, not, it's looking like it's not going to be that different to Tokyo. Like I've sort of come full circle, done different routines, and now I'm kind of finding myself back to a pretty similar routine to what I did um, in Tokyo, which is interesting. But it's been a pretty, yeah, it's been a good like explorative, I guess, yeah. period. And now I'm sort of figuring out, okay, well that routine is probably actually something like that's going to be the best um, scoring routine. Um. So, and just to wrap Rio up. You were you happy with your results in Rio? I think you were seventh, right? Yeah, I was happy, but not satisfied. Um, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't put the routine down in finals that I knew I was capable of. Um, a few things didn't really go my way. Um, maybe a little bit of immaturity. Um, maybe some decision making wasn't quite on point. And like my my final score was quite a lot lower than my prelims score. So um, yeah frustrating but obviously to be in the final that was the goal give, give myself a chance get in the final and just see what happens but uh, man it's tough to it's tough to hit your routine like every time and especially being so young on the world stage the olympics in rio from memory was just crazy like the biggest crowd i've ever competed in front of yeah. like way louder <laughs> um being like up there with you know the legends of the sport like dong dong and ushkov and um pretty crazy and pretty surreal so i'm proud of myself for getting through 10 skills and and doing an okay routine but but you're still not really well i, I was happy I, I was i was i was happy with it okay and so ideally from there there you pick up some momentum and start looking towards Tokyo. Well, we all know what happened with momentum for athletes in 2019 and 2020 uh, with COVID lockdowns, but then you also have a pretty serious knee injury in 2018. That must have been a real bummer. Yeah, that was a shame. Uh, I came came out of, yeah, what, Rio 2016, had a pretty good 2017 um, run with the World Cups and being pretty consistent. And started 2018 just feeling really good. Training was going like, Honestly, when I think about it, because I remember like just thinking, man, training's so good. And then, yeah, sort of uh, blew my knee out, which put me out to basically 12 months. Um, and then the qualification for uh, Tokyo was sort of like that deadline was kind of like, man, am I going to be ready to yeah. compete at the first qualifier sort of thing? So that was a little bit stressful and a little bit frustrating. Um, but, you know, it's a bit cliche, but the injuries like that, they do change your perspective and they do make you make you stronger mentally yeah. and I believe physically. Like it was, it was a pretty pretty tough, I guess eight months, eight nine months for me, not being able to jump, not being able to do what I love, not being able to travel and and had to cancel all these trips. And but yeah, looking back, it's um, it was definitely a blessing in disguise. I learned a lot about sort of. Well, I learned, I basically, I think the biggest thing I took away from that experience was that there's more to life than trampolining. <laughs> That's funny. Being, yeah, you know, this, being, a, this is a yeah. regular slot, me talking to athletes, and it's not the first time I've heard that, how yeah. how much a break can actually help with the thing you're taking a break from. Yeah, and 
yeah, you put so much into it and and it's it's one of those things where you've done it for so long and, and you, you think you need to be like kind of locked into it the whole time. Um, but it's so easy to burn out and, and, and I guess lose those connections with, with the people you've grown up with and your mates and even your family. Um, you know, it's so important now just keeping that balance, eh? Like it's, I mean, it, you, you hear people say it, but until you really like are in it and realize how important it is, it's, um, it's something we don't really take, I, I, I don't take pretty lightly anymore. Like I make sure I get, I make time for, for friends and family and, and doing things that I love outside of the sport as well. Because it, my identity doesn't revolve around being a trampoline. Yeah, great. To me, it revolves, yeah, around being just a Kiwi bloke who loves the outdoors, loves hunting, loves fishing, loves golf, and just loves having a, having a beer, you know. Um, did you have someone help you with that, Dylan? Did you have, you know, do you have a sports psychologist or someone who, who helped you change your thinking or change your perspective, or, or was it something you came to by yourself? I guess sort of came to it on my own, but it, so it also just comes with talking, not not one person in, in particular, but just like, I guess, my, my support network. But I do work with um, David Galbraith, and we've, yeah, I guess, Sort of that's a lot of the work we do is um is around sort of like who I am and and then that being a trampolinist isn't um isn't really like who I'm who who I am you know, totally what I yeah do, I love that who I am yeah I think it, particularly anyone who's got a high profile role needs to th- think about that um you know for me media as well and um yeah. you aren't what you do um so from there and you obviously approach your rehab with the same sort of passion and focus as you did your original um, training in the sport because you came back and, and for you what is the career highlight so far? Is it bronze at the Olympics in Tokyo or is it when you became world champion in Bulgaria in 2022? Yeah man it's so tough eh, to like put it down to one thing and obviously you know world champion is, is an incredible Huge, um, yeah. you know, moment and you know even the history behind that was pretty cool. I think I was the first non-Chinese world champion since 2005. So, wow. Uh, yeah, it's pretty crazy. And obviously being on the podium in, in Tokyo was was amazing as well. And then getting that monkey off, off the back and getting on the, yeah, getting getting a medal for New Zealand. But um, like the one moment that's like brought me to tears on the comp floor was my first comp back from my knee surgery when I was in Azerbaijan. I think Doc Doc said there's no way I'll be competing in 12 months. I think I I think my comp date was like 11 months post surgery. Mm. Um, first qualifier for Tokyo. My goal was top 16, like just do a routine, you know, get some points and then walk yeah. away. Yeah. Um, but you know, just hadn't competed. That was my first comp back from surgery. Hadn't even competed at home in New Zealand because there were no comps. Um, and yeah, came fifth. Like wow. have a really good routine. Came fifth. Um, and just like flashbacks of, of of the surgery and everything I went through um, was pretty emotional actually, and and I, like that's probably a highlight for me. I know it sounds weird, like obviously a world chance in Olympics are amazing, but like just the emotion I felt on that comp floor, yeah. like after kind of making that comeback and and being there with everyone again and seeing you know being on the comp floor with all the all the boys again was pretty cool. Wicked. Mm. On your day, Dylan, um, if things go right, you're looking at gold in Paris next year? Yeah. Yep. Fantastic. Pretty simple. Yeah. Good. Good. Yeah, I mean, 
it's one of those things, right? You, you, you shouldn't be afraid. I believe you shouldn't be afraid to say it. And, you know, that's what I'm there to, to, to achieve. Um, I, I, I well know that I might not achieve it, um, but I'm going to give it everything uh, in, in training and um, and put, put max, you know, you know, leave no stone unturned and, and make sure that, you know, I put myself in a position where it's possible. You're, you're sport, what? Tw- sport, so you're what? Twenty six, twenty seven. Now you you reckon yeah, you're at your yeah you're at your peak, or you reckon you've still got another f- few years before you get are as good as you can get? Oh, I mean, you never want to say you're at your peak, right? Because you, no, you, I still not. feel like I can get better. No, I'll get in trouble um, with your sports psychologist for that question. <laughs> I'm heading to the I'm heading to the age where they say you're at your peak. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I've still got a few good years in me, I reckon, and, and LA is definitely well and, well and firmly in my sights. Uh, and your brain and your mind just get better and better, hopefully. Yeah, um, exactly. And I'm you sure. You've got to manage your body and, yeah. you know, manage the niggles. And as I said, you know, earlier, I'm not as young as I used to be, so don't quite bounce back as fast, but still bounce back eventually. What a pleasure to meet you. Um, Thanks for all the excitement that you've given New Zealanders over the years, and um, I reckon there's going to be more in Paris. So, Dylan, um, appreciate your time today and all the best for the future. Awesome. Thanks so much, Jesse. Appreciate it. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.